Hi, quick note before we start. This podcast is serialized, so if you're just joining in here, you should go back and start at the episode called Lovebirds. It's episode one of season two. Support for today's show comes from Bombas. Bombas offers premium, thoughtfully crafted socks, which customers overwhelmingly claim are the most comfortable socks they've ever worn. Better yet, for every pair of socks Bombas sells, they donate a pair to those in need. So see what a big difference this little article of clothing can make. Go to bombas.com slash first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bombas socks or your money back, guaranteed. Thanks, Bombas. I'm Talia Bacassis, and this is First Day Back, a podcast about trying to get your life back after an event that changes you. This is episode six, our last one of this season. It's been a year and a half since Lucy Paquette was released from prison for accidentally killing Jerry, her common-law husband. Over the course of that time, Lucy has accomplished a lot. She stayed sober, continued counseling, found a job, reconnected with family. These are required by her parole program. Despite all the progress Lucy has made, I wouldn't really describe her as back on her feet. As part of her rehab program, she goes to therapy once a week. The therapist has an office in the transition house. They try to make it as easy as possible for the women to keep their appointments. Hi, Lucy. Hi. What I would like to go back to is something that you mentioned in a previous session. about. In this session, Lucy and her therapist talked about Lucy's childhood and her parents... And at the very end, something else came up that Lucy is still struggling with. It was a complete left turn, but it's where Lucy steered the conversation. I've let go a lot of pain, uh, but the biggest thing that I think it's the hardest thing is forgive ourselves. Like to forgive myself, I'm still not there. This part of me trying to forgive myself is very hard. That's obviously something we have to continue to work on. But I would like you to think for our next session, what does it do for you not forgiving yourself? What exactly does it do to you? Um, You don't have to give an answer now. You can take the time to think. Why am I holding on this blame? In our conversations, she can't stop talking about her life with Jerry. She obsesses over her regret about that night. Why didn't I put the guns away? Why didn't I do that? I had time the day before to do it, but I didn't do it. Why? And the fact that she can't remember what happened. Do you think there's anything that could give you closure? My death? (laughs) I know it's drastic, but I tell it to Sandra. Sandra told me, Mom, don't talk like that. I'm your daughter. I said, well, Sandra, I'm telling you the truth. This is how I see closure. It's the only way I see it. I I believe that when you die, you know everything. The questioning you had before that you didn't know, you know. Really? Yeah, I think so. But that would mean when you die that you'll get the answer. Yes, I will. I will. Because I do believe that once you die... Finally, I have the answer. 
finally I know what happened. Don't you think so? Like I'm trying to imagine who's going to tell me. You're just going to know? You're just going to know. Lucy speaks of dying in a way that's hard to hear. But I don't think she's consumed with death. I just think it's a comfort to know that somewhere down the line, there will be relief. Relief from the guilt she feels. It makes her crave forgiveness. Or something like it. It's a huge thing for Lucy to want. Forgiveness in a case like hers, though, that's rare. So will Lucy ever be able to find some small sliver of peace in this life? When I started this project, Lucy's guilt revolved around Jerry's family. In our first interviews, she talked about Jerry's mom a lot. You know, in my head, I wish she would come and see me. And, you know, I wish she would have asked to talk to me or something. Because at the beginning, it, you know, they were... She called my mom and everything. They, I thought that everything would have been okay. Lucy hasn't seen the Maders since her parole hearing in February of 2015, when she was up for early release. When she walked into the courtroom that day, the family was sitting in a row together. Lucy took her seat alone at the front. I could hear his brother crying at the back, reading the, the letter, the in victim. The parole board? Yeah. Um... It hurt me to know how much they were suffering. Does that mean they didn't want you to be paroled? Yeah, that's, they didn't want me to be paroled. We reached out to the Maderas for an interview or a statement. I wrote to Jerry's brother on Facebook and mailed a letter to Jerry's mom. I heard back from Jerry's brother on two separate occasions. And his reaction was very angry. Angry that Lucy is out of jail. Angry that I'm doing this series. In his Facebook response to me, he called Lucy a killer and a self-serving person who refuses to take responsibility for what she did. He doesn't believe Jerry's death was an accident. The family doesn't want anything to do with Lucy or this series. That is their right. But that doesn't mean Lucia stopped thinking about Jerry's mom. I'm talking about the pain she has to uh, endure. This is hard for me. It's it's hard to explain because, um, you know, it was family. So it's like to hold her in my arms and say, I'm so sorry. You would want that? I guess I would like that, but I know it's impossible to be doing this because she probably um, doesn't want to see me or whatever. What do you think that would change for you if you were able to give her a hug? Um, I guess it's to see if she's okay. Lucy will never be able to do that. 
As a condition of her parole, Lucy is not allowed to make any contact with members of Jerry's family. The location of where she can live has been restricted, so she's not near them. She is not allowed to live in the entire province of Ontario. That's a huge area. And she can never visit Jerry's grave, in case she might see his family there. So how does she move on? More first day back. After the break. This week's episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job, better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first day. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first day. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first day. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. This week's episode is also brought to you by Audible. Do you love books but find you never have time to read them? With Audible, get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read on the go. Their app is free and works on iPhones, iPad, Android, and Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire. With Audible, you own your books, so you can access them anytime and anywhere, right from your smartphone. Audible also has the Great Listen Guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. Right now, I'm listening to There Are No Children Here by Alex Kotlowitz. It's like listening to an amazing documentary. Audible is perfect if you don't know when to fit in the time to read. I'm a big walker, and I walk everywhere. I love to listen to stuff while I walk. You can't make more time, but you can make the most of it with Audible. Turn your walk into something more with a free trial at Audible. Go to audible.com slash first to start now. Thanks, Audible. Jerry's death transformed Lucy and Jerry's relationship for people, from a pair of lovebirds to something darker. It's as if they've said to her, you don't have the right to those good memories anymore. And that hurts her. He was like... A wonderful person. It's like, uh, I want to remember the 13 and a half years of my life with Jerry. 
not the minute that, you know, the minute I don't want to dwell on that, you know, one minute. You know, I want to remember the good time because the one minute I don't even remember it. I know that, you know, I lost the most precious thing. I remember the 13 and a half years we had together. You feel like that's remembering the true you? Yeah. Remember, remembering Jerry and Lucy. So Lucy has created a refuge, a place where she can indulge in what is real to her. I always, like, walk with him. I sleep with him, you know, in my mind, in my dreams. Uh, when I wake up and I had a dream with Jerry, I love it. I'm so happy. It's like he's still with me. Her dreams with Jerry have become so important to her. She dreams of being with him at a cottage they always wanted to build by a lake, of Jerry with his grandfather. Or one time she told me she dreamed Jerry was sparkly and golden. She wasn't sure what that was all about. Once, when we were talking about the night Jerry was killed and how frustrating it was not to remember what happened, I asked her something that I thought I knew the answer to. But Lucy often doesn't say what I expect. If you could take a pill to remember, would you take the pill? Mm, it's hard to say. Because I never had nightmares. I always had beautiful dream with Jerry, and then when I talk to him, whatever, it's always beautiful dream, and I would be afraid to uh, lose that. Then I wouldn't want to to dream about Jerry. You know, if I had the nightmares, I wouldn't want to go, like, uh, I don't think I would take it. Her dreams are not just where they can be together. They're where Jerry has offered her something she can't get from anyone else. I'm sure that Jerry forgave me. This, for sure, I know. Uh, it's the dream I had and the questioning I had because I asked him, you know, uh, how I'm sorry and he says, it's okay, I forgave you. It's impossible that it, that's not a sign. You don't think that in some way it's, it is you saying you forgive yourself by saying Jerry forgave you? I still think that Jerry forgave me. It's just the way we were together. The respect we had for each other and the love we had for each other. And oh, I know. It's because it, like, you feel like because you loved each other. Yeah. It's magical thinking that the person whose life she took is the one to forgive her. But I see what this means to Lucy. Jerry understood her. 
he knew her in a way nobody else did. That's why she thinks he's forgiven her. Their love is the one thing that hasn't changed for her, when every single other thing has. There's a moment from the first time I met Lucy that stands out to me now as a little capsule of how she sees things. It's when she was telling me how perfect her relationship was with Jerry, and she said she wanted to show me something that would help me understand. I assumed she was going to show me a love letter or a photo of them together. Instead, she showed me an old newspaper clipping about him being found dead at home. I couldn't understand. Why was she showing me this? Oh, here it is. The murder of Gerald Madère has shocked friends and neighbors who describe him and Lucie Paquette, his partner of 13 years, as lovebirds who couldn't get along without each other. Yeah. Another place she says that they were a very loving couple, she said. That was her best friend. Oh, now I'm going to cry. Yeah, because it's true. We were best friends. What ultimately does forgiveness mean? For Lucy, it's a gesture of love. Do you still dream about Jerry now? Yeah. You know how when you have a dream, you look for somebody and you can't find that? I had a dream and I was looking for Jerry and I found him. And when I woke up, I said, that's weird. Usually when you look for somebody, you know, you can't find him. And then I said, oh, maybe it's because he's going to be there for me. Always be there for me. When I see Lucy next, she's at the transition house, packing up to go to Sandra's. Yeah, I've got my shoes. Oh, did I put my working shoes in there? She's still shuffling back and forth until she comes up for full parole in a couple of months. Usually I only have my bag, and now I have two carriers. Lucy will be spending even more time with Sandra, who's got a serious boyfriend now. They're moving into a bigger place together, and there's a reason for that. Oh, did I tell you something? What? Did I tell you my daughter was pregnant? That's amazing news. Yeah. You excited? Yeah. I asked Alexandre, what do you want? Mm-hmm. said, you want a little sister or a little brother? It doesn't matter. He's so happy. Yeah? Are you need your door locked? Yes, please. This is where I'm leaving Lucy. Thank you. Bye. We come out of the transition house together and say goodbye. As I watch her walk away, her little backpack over her shoulder, she fades into the city, unnoticed. People passing her on the street will never guess even a fraction of what she's been through. Lucy will always be haunted by what she did, 
with all the messy repercussions. But it's the small acts of resiliency that keep her going. Everyone affected by Jerry's death has their own story about what happened. The Maderas have their story. The Mitchells have their story. This was Lucy's story. First Day Back is produced by Mark George and me, Tally Abicassis. The show is scored and mixed by David Herman. Our executive producer is Dave Shaw. Special thanks to Bird Pinkerton, Robin Ginley Myers, David Mizraki, Peter Clowney, and Ellen Weiss. Season two of First Day Back is produced in collaboration with EW Scripps and Stitcher. Thank you to all the listeners who checked out season two of First Day Back. We've been floored by the response we've gotten so far. If you've enjoyed this season, I'd really appreciate it if you shared the show with a friend or family member looking for a new podcast to listen to. First Day Back is available on all the great podcast apps, including Stitcher. If you like the show and listen in Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you would go and rate or review the show. It helps other people find First Day Back. I'm always looking for stories of First Days Back. If you'd like to share yours, leave me a voicemail at 929-399-3537. For more information, visit our website at firstdaybackpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Support for today's show comes from Bombas. Bombas offers premium, thoughtfully crafted socks, which offer seven substantial improvements to the ordinary sock. Better yet, for every pair of socks Bomba sells, they donate a pair to those in need. Over 2 million pairs so far. So see what a big difference this little article of clothing can make. Go to bombas.com first to get 20% off your first order. You'll love your Bomba socks, or your money back, guaranteed. Thanks, Bombas. Stitcher.